0: Hang on a minute. What are we even talking about today?
1: Oh, honey, we're giving the people what they want.
0: Happy Wednesday, Wolfpack yoo Welcome back to the Sex and Podcast, episode number 17, with your den mothers, Lauren White and Camille Mesbach. That's right. Welcome <laughs> to the Wolfpack. <laughs> Welcome to the Wolfpack. Ow, oh. ow, ow! If you do not know us by now, we are full-blood sisters. We are two and a half years apart, and we are... What would you call us? Witchy? And sexual beings? (laughs) Oh, I would say we're intergalactic uh, sexual witches. Sort of alien type witches. Okay, wonderful. So... Please give us a follow on Instagram at the Den Mothers. That is our Instagram page. And we post episode updates, other cool content, some journal prompts, just stuff for the wolf pack. And then our personal pages are at She Wolf Lauren and mm-hmm. at Camille Missbach. And that is where we post other endeavors. So follow us there. If you're on Apple podcast, post a star rating, a review, anything you would like if you enjoy this content. And one last thing, if you have a comment, question, or uh, feedback about one of the episodes, we would love to hear from you. Just DM at the Den Mothers, and we try to get back to everyone. So, yeah. We love you all. Thank you. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the sex den.
1: <laughs> welcome to the Sexton. <laughs>
0: <Man>. So <for>, So <laughs> for episode 17, we're going to do our typical weekly update. Because we absolutely freaking love our weekly updates.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we do. They're our favorites. I think we've only had one episode where we didn't do it and I almost lost my mind.
0: Yeah, it was really devastating. I was like, I hate this, remember? (laughs) Yeah, you were really pissed off about it. So we will not miss a weekly update ever again. No. (laughs) So we're going to do it this week. We are going to then talk about expectations Mm -hmm. and then wrapping up the sesh with masturbation and then we're going to answer a couple little wolf pack questions on the back end.
1: <laughs> on the back end, but can <laughs> yeah. I can I give a moment update? This is not even just a weekly update. I just have to say something that I'm witnessing right now. I'd like a moment update. Okay, I'm in Austin. I'm actually outside of Austin in a place called Lago Vista, Texas. It's like an hour from Austin. And we have this huge deck. And right now I'm sitting in a room that has windows that look out at the deck. And I'm watching Shane in all black with his new tattoos walking around. I'm sure getting his steps in with his new (laughs) Western cowboy hat on reading. (laughs) He has a book in his hand walking around. He looks like It is just such a fun sight for me with the lake behind him. It's so cute.
0: Oh, my God.
1: All black.
0: From a movie. It
1: literally is from a movie. He's
0: in a cowboy hat reading.
1: Yes. Walking around with the book in his hand like a prophet. Like he looks in all black, like big black clothing in his little new loafers. He's so cute.
0: Oh, my God. I know what his Ugg slippers look like. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Okay, so that's your moment update. Why don't we just keep it rolling with your weekly update? Oh my
1: gosh. Okay, my weekly update. I had a
0: really tough
1: week energetically, I think because of ayahuasca, which we talked about last episode on episode 16. Mm -hmm. And then also um, just like my body's exhausted. I'm ready to nest. I'm ready to be in one place. I've almost been on the road for six months. And Mm -hmm. I just am like, I want all my crystals in one place. I want all of my stuff in one spot. And so we've been home hunting, which was random. And I think we finally, please, crossing my fingers, we put in an offer on a home yesterday and it looks like they're going to accept it. So um, it's in California. It's not in Austin. Yeehaw. And... I'm really hoping that this is just our little shire. We we want it so bad. We're buying it sight unseen. So there's that. I'm really excited though. I had I'm having I'm coming back into my energy. I'm seeing all of our friends. You're coming here tomorrow. We I have am. all of my friends this week. Like 36 of us are all going to be at that you know place again in Austin. Doing oh my Thanksgiving. god! <laughs> so Shane's meeting everyone for the first time. I'm really excited. Wow. And I dyed dyed my hair yesterday. I finally got it the icy white blonde that I want. And then my purple shampoo accidentally dyed it blue. (laughs) So. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it'll do that. It is blue and it looks good. It looks icy. So I feel cool.
0: So I feel like you just being kind of like, oh, I just want all my stuff in one place. It's different when you're setting off with the idea that you're going to be traveling like right it's like, uh, this is about to happen to me with Michael we're about to travel for we want to travel for a year starting in mm-hmm. February but we have the plans of like okay we are traveling for a year we're gonna try right. to go to all these places but for you it was kind of like yeah I'm gonna travel and now you're like wanting to Get a home so badly that mm-hmm. the traveling is like exhausting because you're just like, we don't want to travel anymore. What we want is to be in a house. Yeah. And I wouldn't have known
1: that because when I took off, I mean, my first place that I went was Austin. And then I ended up, I had no idea. I thought I was going to Tulum for like a week and I ended up being there for six weeks. Like, I just, mm-hmm. everything just kept happening. And so now, yeah, I'm just ready. I'm ready. To be in a home and I'm ready to stop looking for real estate. This is a very privileged
0: experience that I'm talking about. Like,
1: Oh no, we're trying to buy a home and we can't find one, but no, but it it is is a good thing to be
0: said. Like, and it also is a really good thing. Like you guys are looking for a home. Like imagine people who have kids and full-time job, like you guys both have jobs, but you have very flexible schedules. Think about people who have kids, full-time jobs, they're raising children and they're trying to look for a home and they're getting beat out by all these stupid millennials who are buying homes in cash to buy as rentals. It's crazy. (laughs) That's literally what's happening to you guys. Like the real estate market is fucking berserk. and, And yeah.
1: And one of the things I wanted to say is like, I remember as a kid, you know, or even in college or any, like recently, recently. Okay. This is when people are saying like, yeah, we got approved for $800,000 Or we bought this home and it was $800,000 i am like, holy fuck, that's a shitload of money <laughs> yeah. There are so many people Who can just buy $800,000 homes Like, I know And it's it's wild because you think like Okay, that's a pretty giant amount to get approved for Like that's, you know Yeah You know, it's a lot And it's just like, nope <laughs> Here, this person actually just came in and put cash 800 grand cash and you're just like i know okay well i guess that's gonna be me in two years but not now
0: <laughs> no it is so crazy so yeah it's like, if on. you're looking for a home we feel for you and lord <laughs> yeah we hope you find what you're looking for okay so my good? my update is i finished with my therapist yesterday i had my last session i have a question how did you decide it was your last session? Tell us about that. So I went specifically seeking out therapy to do EMDR because it's a rewiring of your brain. It's They use specific techniques. The woman I was going to did bilateral stimulation. So basically just moving your fingers side to side. It actually – rewires thoughts in your brain without you having to go back and like live through the traumatic experience. So Mm -hmm. versus talk therapy where you talk through it and you're kind of figuring out like where are these pieces missing? It's almost like this experience. So I'll, I'll just give an example of it to make it a little easier to understand. If you had a traumatic experience, say, say you went through a sexual assault and you feel like you feel unsafe around men. Mm -hmm. after this, they talk you through the experience saying things like, when was a time you felt safe? How do you wish you felt in that moment? You know, how do you want to feel? So it's, it's stuff like that. And you rewire the brain from negative to positive emotions surrounding that space. Mm -hmm. So what you're trying to do is for a lot of big trauma survivors it's like, it's almost like you separate your life, like before the trauma and after the trauma. And mm. what they're trying to rewire your brain into is having it that big traumatic experience, just be a part of your story. So you want it to just be a solid timeline of like, here's everything that happened in my life versus like, I felt very safe, comfortable. I was good with vulnerability before. And then after it, I feel unsafe. I'm not good at setting expectations, setting boundaries, like that kind of stuff. So I went specifically seeking EMDR. However, through the experience and through the past six weeks that I've been in therapy, I realized that my brain has already been rewired from this. Big T that I experienced. Mm -hmm. And the ways that I knew that was I've had this feeling of radical acceptance, which is I don't care about that other person's view of the experience. I don't care how anybody else views the experience. I am thankful for the experience. And I've also created a narrative in my head that. I have accepted what happens as part of my story and that's all it is, just part of my story. Mm. So I used to want to tell the person what they did and like write them letters and like, fuck you, you know, and I wanted to put the suffering on them. Mm. And what I've learned through the past couple of weeks is I don't care about their response anymore. I've accepted Mm -hmm. it. It's almost like radical acceptance is almost like thank you and fuck you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've had that experience. I've also had dreams about confronting this person and it's like the, and I, I I confronted them from a place of power, not from a place of fear, which Mm. there's no scientific evidence that that shows your brain has been rewired, but in most EMDR patients, they go through a phase where they have really empowering dreams and I went through that before I even got EMDR. Mm. (laughs) So I decided that I feel very healed from that experience. I still feel Mm. sad about it and like I'll probably still cry about it for my whole life because it was Mm -hmm. it was a big part of my life but I feel at ease Mm. Mm -hmm. and I do thank DMT for that. And it's going through a lot of medical studies that it does rewire your brain. And I think it's going to be the next medical phenom, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's why I'm I'm finished with therapy. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Thank just, you.
1: It feels so like I can exhale. Like it, there's a sense of peace that I feel in you that's so
0: beautiful. I feel it too. Okay, so other than that, um, so yes, I finished my session. I actually really like talk therapy though. I ended up kind of just going to this woman as a talk therapist and I think I – so I was paying out of pocket to go for the EMDR services because I couldn't find one covered by our insurance, but I do want a talk therapist, so I'm going to go through someone covered by insurance for talk therapy because Mm – I I honestly just love having an outlet once a week to just go and and talk to. Yeah, it's (laughs) wonderful. And talk about my life. Yeah, it really is wonderful. I am about to leave for Austin tomorrow. For a week, which is really fun. And yes. And then the last thing I wanted to cover is, so I am kind of out of, I went through three months of basically hell. Mm. (laughs) But for, you know, obviously it ended up being pretty great <laughs> because of what I'm going through. So I've been very averse to change forever. I, I don't like change. I don't like growing up. And I think a lot of it is revolved around feeling really sad about what used to be. Mm-hmm. So it's just life being essentially a series of heartbreaks. So I just want to tell everyone what, state you're in right now, if you're in a shit storm of life, if you're in the happiest moments of your life, just take a moment to breathe it in and accept and feel really grateful for wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Because I was in this crazy storm of a few months and all I could think about during it was like, get me the hell out of here. Like, when is this going to end? you know when am i going to feel i was pretty dissociated from my body too which happens to a lot of people going through trauma recovery i was just wanting to be back in my body i i was creative as hell like painting a lot singing dancing like all of this stuff and now i've come back to my baseline and i'm like heartbroken that i'm not in that phase anymore yeah so it just, they don't feels tell you like, about that. <laughs> no, they don't. When you're in that shit storm, all you want to do is get out of it. And then when you're done with it, you're like, wow, I was so creative. I, my energy was flowing. I was like so emotional. And mm-hmm. then you're kind of heartbroken about that feeling. So enjoy where you are. Remember, every single moment is going to pass, everything right. becomes a memory. And you're going to feel heartbroken no matter what, so you might as well be enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I love what
1: you just said. And I just – it sparks something in me that's so important. And I've said this multiple times, I think, even on the podcast. But, like, there's a reason why the most incredible artists – not always do they have to be depressed and, like, you know, have a really difficult time. But a lot of times, like – Da Vinci, you too, <laughs> like whoever, whoever, Prince, Michael Jackson, like all of these people. Picasso, Picasso, <laughs> Picasso, yes. Um, he and all of them are not writing songs at the peak of their happiness or all painting, the time, paintings. or like the peak yeah. of their joy. Like when you are in that kind of like darker processing phase, the creativity comes with that too so it's just like honor it ride it while you have it because man when you come back out of it and you're like yeah i'm feeling great then all of a sudden you're (laughs) just like wait i'm not motivated at all (laughs) yeah
0: what do you mean what am i supposed to do now it's like yeah i know so i wrote a blog post on this my website is camille com, and i wrote um a blog post called the inevitable change it's about changes Mm. series of heartbreaks throughout life. So if you want to read my thoughts on that, basically about what I just covered, it is there.
1: Wait a second. So I am not well versed in this, but this is bringing something else up in my head just about the constant cycles of suffering. Like Mm -hmm. basically life is cycles of suffering. Like it's many cycles of suffering. Or no, big it's ones all suffering. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's all suffering. And so it's just really interesting. I'm obsessed with this right now. I'm obsessed. So I just with like suffering. talking about – Yeah, <laughs> with suffering. Because I think, you know, when you look at it as something that's really beautiful and as like your heart as a place that feels the deepest joy and then also the saddest heartbreak, it's like – Like you just said, when you're heartbroken, it's a, it can be so creative. And it, it's just like – it helps you to identify your shadows, your the work that you still have to do. Areas where you thought you were confident that maybe now you're being pierced through and you're not so confident there. It's like there's just so much that we get to do all the time. And also I just want to say to the wolf pack and give you all a virtual hug with my voice and also with my body.
0: With my body. That,
1: that um, no matter what stage you're in, we're, we love you and we're rooting for you and mm-hmm. you've got this. Like you can do it. Keep going whatever you're going through right now keep going if you're in the happiest most uh, most love you've ever been in in your whole life fabulous we love you if you're down in the depths of hell <laughs> we love you too and yes. notice that there's a lot of beauty there
0: yes a virtual hug to all our wolf pack members we love you so much speaking of suffering let's talk about the epitome <laughs> of suffering which is expectations oh <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm so glad we're here because I've been wanting to talk about this for weeks. Man. Yeah, expectations. So I wanted to talk to Cami about this because number one, I th- I think other than my massive ego. <laughs> like it my ego shows up in a lot of different ways but other than that kind of ruling a lot of my shadow work and a lot of my healing like th- that's the major thing I needed to heal from I would say a close second is expectations for me mm. like I have. I think you, Cammy, have had more of a fear of change and like um, mm-hmm. holding on to things, like wanting things to remain the same. Yeah. And I have a big issue with expectation. Mm. That's sort of been my like crux, I guess mm-hmm. you could call, call it. So um, the other day, I kind of thought that I was through expectation, totally in the surrender and trust phase and just really you know, on my high surrender horse. Mm-hmm. And I went to a body healing session after my ayahuasca journey. It was part of the retreat. And the man that was performing, he did like a special um energetic chiropractic technique where he barely touches you. Like he would just do like, uh, you know, like one little pressure point or something, but not even – there was no pain associated with it. No cracking, no popping. It was just energy. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him, I said, my all of a sudden, after ayahuasca, my my sacrum, it was like, hello, hello, you haven't been paying attention to me. I'm so tight back here. And I realized, oh my God, over the past year or two or three, my sacrum has gotten so tight. And I used to be able to like twerk, throw twerk, it back, it, like it no back. big <laughs> deal. That yeah. was my thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like having more trouble on top during sex. Like not – just like I couldn't move the same. So anyway, I'm laying there. He puts his hands on me. It feels all hot back there. And then he just came up to my face and he goes, I'd like to ask you a question, Lauren. And he said, Mm "Yells." And he said, tell me about your relationship with expectation. And I'm like – Oh my god. <laughs> it's the worst. What do you what do you mean? It's terrible. I yeah. can't believe it. And so literally just noticing that, my sacrum started wiggling on the like I wasn't purposefully wiggling it. It was like a, a marionette or like a puppet. Somebody came and like started wiggling my sacrum and it is back to normal. A couple deep pops by myself. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So it was just noticing that my relationship with expectation it has been the thief of joy and that's a quote expectation is the thief of joy Mm. and when you think about it it's like if you can live your life and try to mitigate and try to minimize your expectations of outcomes of people of Mm. events like oh this is going to be the best concert ever I'm so excited I'm so excited and then it rains And then you're disappointed and it's the thief Mm -hmm. of joy instead of going and saying I'm going to this fabulous concert Let's rock and then whatever happens happens.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: so it's like I have lived my life so much thinking that I was happy And really being perceived like people thinking of me as a happy person me thinking of me as a happy person and I do feel that way but my joy was robbed from me, by me, because of my expectations for a yeah. lot of my life. A lot of my life, especially in relationships, in friendships, in love. Am I allowed to rant a little bit more on this? Yeah, Because I feel like people can, I, I feel like this is a really important no, people thing. people can relate to this oh, very well, well, yeah. And just because we don't realize how much we expect of life like mm. the, the actual expectation and I'm not talking about just expectation from people. I actually don't expect a lot from anyone, right? Like I don't mm. expect a lot, but what he said to me is he said, "Do you have really high standards for other people?" And I was like, "Yes." yes. Like almost to the point where it's an elitist thing. Like I'd rather not hang out with anyone yes. because I'm like I have this um I would rather be alone than be with people that don't meet my standards. Like, do you have standards for people? Yeah. And it just me all of a sudden, I'm like, that makes me feel really sad because that's in the root of an expectation, right? So I don't expect people to, like, give me the clothes off their back or to, like, be there for me if my car is broken down. Like, yeah. i got me. I'm so independent. but. The idea of me closing myself off to connection for so long because of these really high standards Mm -hmm. is just a giant massive expectation. So in your life, I want you to think about the last three times that you were really disappointed in something, in someone, in whatever, or start noticing when you're disappointed and ask yourself, are you doing that to you? Are you doing that to you by creating a narrative, by creating a false expectation and then holding other people to an expectation that they don't even know you set, bro? Yeah. They don't know it.
0: I want to say, too, for people. So I do not have anxiety. I have. Man, it's interesting. My brain races. But if I do like all the tests and stuff through psychology, I do not. I am not labeled as having anxiety. But I okay. feel as though I do have anxiety and it runs in our family. <laughs> what I want to say is that having expectations also correlates with your anxiety. So, and this this might not be for every person, so I'm not speaking on, like, anxiety as a whole. But right. for me, expectation came in the fact of, like, pretty much always expecting people to fail, Mm. like oh yeah okay I expect people's relationships to fail I expect people to fail it's like I have this set notion in my mind of like you're never gonna do this or like oh they're not gonna work out you know Mm -hmm. I don't know it's a very toxic mindset and I've been really trying to focus On not doing that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I recognize this pattern. Coming back into my life now. That certain things in my relationship are happening. And all of a sudden I'm like. Well I expect this to be like. The ex that I left. Mm. Now I'm expecting that this is the trajectory of it. And honestly it's just creating suffering in my own body. Before things even happen. Right. So this is a practice that when you notice you're having these type of expectations, I've I've learned this through a 30-day anxiety meditation on Headspace, which I loved and would recommend to anyone. So in that meditation course, you learn to identify your thoughts, label it as negative, positive, or neutral, and then basically just watch it pass by. You can do this for expectations too. Are you having a positive, negative, or neutral expectation? What emotion is that causing in your body? Is it based off of fear? Is it based off of past experience? So you can label it with those two things and then just allow it to pass by because ultimately it's just creating an energetic space in your body that isn't allowing you to live in the present.
1: Yeah, and it isn't allowing you to live in your heart space. Yeah. Because if you notice where your expectation is coming from, it's mostly always coming from your head. It's mostly coming from like, okay, this. Is, I'm really, really hoping that this is the outcome or like this is going to be the outcome or um, this is going to be like if he doesn't do the date night in this way, then I'm not going to be, you know –
0: Mm. Fucking
1: him later or like whatever it is It's like Mm -hmm. these expectations And then what if the date isn't at all What you thought it was gonna be but you still Want to have sex and now you're having this internal Battle of like well I set This expectation now my heart doesn't know what to do It's like we're constantly Confusing ourselves and putting Ourselves in a state of delusion if we're In expectation
0: that is Such a great point And I was gonna say on The dating front it's like you're. You meet someone on Hinge, you're messaging them, and it's like a really fun, funny conversation. And then in your head, you're literally like planning your wedding. (laughs) Yes. You're like, this guy is so hot. We're going to be so into each other. And you have these set expectations of what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And then you go on the date, and it's actually not as great as you thought. But because you created those expectations already, you're probably going to let things slide because you're like – Well, it was really good conversation. So now all of a sudden you are thinking so much in the future tense that you're not even thinking if you actually like the person like this really relates to dating. (laughs) It really relates to dating. Yeah. You have an expectation of like, well, I've just been single for a long time. I really this one's going to work out. This is going to work out. And then you're like forcing things to work out because of an expectation and not from a feeling in your heart. Hmm.
1: Yeah And also it allows us to stay in relationships That mm-hmm. are not for us anymore Like I have stayed in things for so long For many reasons But because of this like expectation That what was actually happening in the present moment Wasn't what was going to continue Like yes. I'm expecting that this is going to be different next time I'm expecting like just so many expectations all the time, and just robbing you of joy, robbing you of joy, robbing you of joy. Like it is. Can you hear her barking?
0: Yes, Momo yeah. is just a Mrs. Barky girl.
1: I want to give a mini example of something that even just happened in my life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: exactly in this moment about expectation. I'm sitting in a back room. Shane is working <laughs> I know exactly out there. What you're going to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Molly wouldn't stop barking like barking 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 I am sitting here and all of a sudden I'm like this is super annoying why is why isn't he like getting her to stop barking because I'm recording this is important I'm recording so I get up in a fury and I go out and I'm like hey, <laughs> like why are you barking I'm like Shane babe I'm recording Shane isn't here so I Shane just had this here. expectation or like this assumption, right, that, that he would just be I was going to go out there. <laughs> he was just basically letting Momo bark, playing with her, doing whatever, not taking into account that I'm recording. And so my blood pl- pressure goes through the roof and all it was was Momo barking at the FedEx guy mm-hmm. because Shane's not in here. He's not home. I don't know where he went, but it's like Little things like the root of
0: all suffering. You thought it was going to be a blowout. (laughs) Yeah, I'm suffering right now. So there is something about you know you said that don't have expectations of like people changing. I do want to say if in if something happens in your relationship and you're like, hey, you know, talking through it with your partner, and you're like, listen, that can't happen next time, you know, right. There's a difference in doing that and like being like, okay, I'm just going to wait and see what happens next time versus creating your own expectation in your head without telling somebody and then expecting the result to be different. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. It's like silent suffering.
1: (laughs) You know, when, you know, when the course has been run. Like you know when it's run its course. What I'm talking about is when you create a narrative for the person and you expect them to be like that and they've never shown you that they're going to be like that. They've never given you any evidence that they're going to be like that. They've never said I want to be like that. It's just that you've created a narrative. This happened to me with my ex. The second I met him, I wrote down in my journal, I just met my husband. Like, Mm -hmm. I am going to marry this person. So Mm -hmm. then I was convinced and had an expectation that he was going to be my husband. Because of that, everything that came through, I took as a sign or like a challenge of, like, a husband and a wife, basically, from day one. Like, I was committed to it as if he was going to be my husband. The expectation of this person is going to be my husband in the future. hmm <clears throat> And... That actually was really challenging for me throughout all of dating. I was obsessed with my husband, right? Like somebody being my husband. And because of that – and then I started to get a little bit older and I'm like, okay, I'm 27, 28, 29. I don't want to be an old mom. So I would be putting this expectation on like anybody that I went on a date with, could they be my husband?
0: Yes.
1: And that was actually just not how it happened at all, right? Like now I am with that person, like my man forever, Shane. And it was not, it did not start out with expectation. It actually started out with zero expectation. Yeah. It's so
0: important. So if you're dating right now and listening to this. Stop expecting that the person you meet is going to be your husband because it's blinding you. It is blinding blinding you you. to the actual people that you're meeting. Yes. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. And speaking of expectations, let's talk about the expectation of masturbation.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. Is that going to be our segue here? Yes. Okay. masturbation expectation
0: so I wanted to talk about expectation because every person with masturbation is different when you that the time mm. you discover okay. masturbating the mm-hmm. way that you masturbate we have mm-hmm. these expectations that we're going to masturbate like people in porn and for right. some reason we're not getting off with just a metal dildo going in and
1: metal <laughs> Jesus who's okay. getting off with forceps inside yeah. their pussy okay, gonna, I don't know
0: <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say uh glass maybe instead but a glildo there, there is an expectation like I have we have you know people write in or or, or talk to us about hey, you can squirt and why can't I? You know, all these expectations of what we should be able to do with our bodies. So let's just talk about a little, a little maybe intro to masturbation.
1: Masturbation was something that I did not even start doing until I was like 19 or 20. And I didn't know how to get off until then. And even though I remember mom saying to me, honey, if you want to know how to have an orgasm, do one yourself, and I was like, "Oh, like I You're couldn't like, even." Ow. I was like, "Oh my god, I could never." Like I had so much shame around sex, yeah. Um, but I think that I think masturbation, especially if you identify as a woman, if you have a vulva, it's really important. And I also think that like spiritual masturbation for guys is important too, and or for people with penises because. There's just something about connecting with your own body in a very divine way. Like I actually want to talk about beyond just your basic masturbation, which is fabulous. Masturbation and like having an orgasm is actually one of the things that can get you closest to God. And i that's a big statement, but when you actually – I want you to think about this for a second. Before you have an expectation about what I'm going to say, Yeah. think about this for a second. When you are working up toward orgasm, when your body is working up toward orgasm, there is something so magic about what's happening that the pleasure that's coming to the surface, it's like the only thing that you're focused on in that minute,
0: mm-hmm. right? You've
1: heard the the classic like, oh, I was – about to get off. And then my mind kind of went crazy and I couldn't. Yeah. Whatever. So when you're having an orgasm, you can actually feel this, like, it's almost a whiteout or a blackout or just like when your body is in just sheer bliss, that beautiful feeling, I don't know. Think about when people say that they have like a near death experience or a God-like experience, it's always in that very, like, pleasure body white black space where it's like shoom, you're gone for a second An orgasm is magic and so if you are depriving yourself of orgasm even just with yourself in that time to connect with your body you're depriving yourself of magic and of really incredible power
0: yeah I love it I I agree with that completely I also think an expectation of like getting close to God through masturbation is something that is unfathomable to people who say like have never had an orgasm through masturbation.
1: Right. So I But feel I want to like... give you, I want to give you sky is the limit here. So don't expect yourself to be having these like earth shattering. You're going to yeah. blast off into a different universe <laughs> well, orgasm right, right away. But, but I you want you to know. There. Well, And I want you to know that when we talk about, this is something that's important for me to state because of the work that I do, is that I have been writing and talking about sex for a really long time from a pleasure-oriented space only, and I'm sick of talking about it just like that. I want to talk about, and I think it's really important to talk about, sex as a spiritual practice. Like yeah. masturbation, yes, of course. I want you to get off. I want you to come. I want you to squirt if that's what you want to do. That's fantastic. And also don't rob yourself of your own divinity by thinking like this is just to come. Like sex and sexuality are a ver- can be a very spiritual practice if you allow yourself to go there. It can help to open your heart. It can help you feel more vulnerable and like experience the world in a new way. We talked about it last episode eroticism of life like yeah it's all of life so yeah. today we won't talk about all that but I want you to know and I want the wolf pack to hear me say this very loud and clear it's like I do not just see sexuality as something fun or like something where you can like give a good blow job I see it as like Oh, this is like when I manifest now. Like yesterday, I literally took a bath and masturbated and like manifested what I'm wanting for the next year.
0: Yeah. As my, I think so body too. Is I, think feeling amazing. Be, I think it can be everything. I don't think it, I think you can have some experiences that are like just fun and you want to do a crazy, dirty one night stand. And then also mm-hmm. moments where you can have a spiritual experience through sexuality I mean I think it's yes it's extremely spiritual and also it's a huge part of play as humans like you're playing you're exploring with Mm -hmm. your body it's like it doesn't have to be a serious thing it can be and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. when it can be but it can also just be fun it can be whatever you want it to be 100 percent yes
1: 100 percent
0: I completely agree. And sex for you has changed so much over the last five years. You went through a phase of wanting it to be fun and experimental. And now you're transitioning into this more spiritual sexual phase. And Mm -hmm. I think that this changes for people in different spaces of their life. And also like what the things that you've It it just has a lot of different factors based on, like, the way you experience sex, all that stuff. And also, like, to get to that place of wanting it to be a very spiritual experience, you have to explore. Like, you have to explore your body, you know? Yeah, And that's why masturbation is so important. Yep. So important for both parties. So I found out how to get off so young on accident. Like, I think I was 12.
1: And yeah. I leaned wow.
0: over on this chair and it was like feeling really good. And I was like, oh, my God, I was literally in class. <laughs> <laughs> I love thinking about that.
1: That makes me so happy. Well, it was
0: so interesting and I had no idea what that was.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: But then I wanted to do it all the time.
1: <laughs> Were you getting off? Were you like having a grand finale or was it, it like, was okay, a this is just It was a grand finale, but it was
0: like – it, it's like when you're 12 and it happened, it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, but I didn't do that in class. It was kind of just feeling really good. And then it felt like really good. And I was like, wow,
1: dude, I cannot believe that you were just getting off in somebody's <laughs> class and at 12 years old, that is so cool. Well, I only did it in class like one time. <laughs> okay. So <I'm> the- doing <laughs> it in class forever. <laughs> she's just over in the back corner just (laughs) doing this on the chair (laughs) this is so embarrassing like (laughs) oh my god it like makes me so
0: nervous oh my god but I do so for me it happened so young but the more I talk to women it's like women in their 20s never having an orgasm and it's Mm -hmm. so I just first of all to all those people it is so common I do not want mm-hmm. you to think there's anything wrong with the fact that you have never had an orgasm. Right. Because it's extremely common. It's extremely common because we see having an orgasm mostly in the form of porn. I'm sure everyone yeah. has seen porn and you like expect that you're just going to be able to get penetrated over and over really hard and it's going to make you come. So Right. The importance for masturbation is also figuring out what you like in your body. So I would say start with your hands, but honestly, for me, starting with your hand, I I can hardly have an orgasm with my hands. I actually (laughs) just had the first one with my hand, like, a few months ago.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I have a thing with my hands where – I think I've shared this before, but (laughs) – for some reason, and it doesn't matter which hotel or where I am in the world, I have a thing with masturbating with my hands exclusively in hotel showers. I know like, you do. It is that is
0: so, so strange.
1: It is so strange. Like even if I have toys, it's like, no, the call of the wild hits me in hotel showers, and I have to masturbate with just my hand. It doesn't wow. matter how long it takes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. So I don't want to really go through masturbation with. Uh, <laughs> people who have a penis because I think that that's a little yeah. bit more explanatory up, down, up, down, up, explosion down. There are only on a, your stomach. There are only a few places it feels really good. I guess I'll just say one thing for men is maybe explore your butthole. <laughs> yeah. Explore <laughs> your butthole. Identify,
1: yeah. And also go ahead and stop Masturbating like a squirrel Yeah, like It doesn't just have to be like Like as fast as you possibly Can <laughs> to porn Like almost so aggressively that you're giving yourself <laughs> Dick rug burn You can oil him up Put on some hot music yeah. And like pretend like you're fucking your own hand yeah. Like have a good time And make it Make it sensual Like yeah. do with yourself What you would want someone to do to you you yeah, know. like
0: create a story in your head of like an experience that's going to happen. You can also probably explore a little bit of like kink or fetish that way. Like whatever you're yeah. exploring in your mind, mm-hmm. instead of just looking at photos of people doing sex in some positions you like, you know, yeah, step away from the porn just one time and see what kind of thing you can create in your head. And I'm sure the experience is it's probably going to be different than just watching porn. So mm-hmm. try to explore that.
1: I was going to say you can even focus on the sensation. Mm-hmm. I think that so especially when we're watching porn, what happens is that we are actually disassociating from the experience itself mm. or maybe not disassociating, but um, we're not present when you're when you're masturbating and you're watching an external screen there's no way that you're fully present in your body because you're not focusing on the sensation of what's going on you're not creating a story and having your whole body be a part of that yes it's so, just like
0: vigorously whacking it
1: Right, While and so, so you're,
0: you're, you're actually
1: not having as powerful of orgasms as you could be having mm-hmm. if you focus on the sensation of like, okay, where is my body feeling warm? What's feeling good? Are my ears kind of like, are my ears kind of warm? Can I feel the, the energy of the orgasm in my head, like mm-hmm. in my heart? Where are you feeling it? And so notice as your body is starting to like warm up to orgasm. Yes, and that's just something that we don't do if we're watching porn. So, mm-hmm. with my clients, almost all of them, regardless of sex, watch porn to masturbate, and I say they're only allowed to watch porn one every five times. Yeah, if they still want to, right? So, like yeah. four times without, one time with, four times without, one times with, one time with, and it's not like a rigorous thing, right? I'm not saying like.
0: You can't do it, but I'm just saying try it like this. Challenge, yeah, I challenge you. Right. Okay, I love that. For people with a vulva, my biggest piece of advice is really to explore with your hands and, like, put pressure and rub everywhere on your vulva. Mm -hmm. I think we're very conditioned to think just in the hole is supposed to feel good. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, that's mostly not where the sensation is,
1: <laughs> right? Your
0: clit has so many nerve endings, but also it it's not just in the place where you can see it. It's right up into kind of the pubic bone area into the lips are all the nerve endings. So really play around there. And a lot of the time that's where most of the feeling is. Mm-hmm. So you can do a lot just with that. So I would say like close your eyes and also focus on breathing like a lot of times we hold our breath and it's kind of this nervous experience where it's like oh oh okay that feels pretty good you know (laughs) like okay that sensation (laughs) just it's real oh my god (laughs) it is Uh, i i noticed myself like holding yeah you're kind of like (laughs) oh and you don't want it because also for a woman with a vulva, once you find the spot that feels really good, it's like if you take your hand off, you're starting yeah. all over. <laughs> can,
1: yeah, it can be.
0: So instead of just doing that, focus on your breath. Your mm-hmm. breath can move that feeling throughout your whole body. It's, it's an energetic feeling when you're getting pleasure in your vulva. So Focus on your breath and kind of just feel around with your hand to where it feels good just to start having your eyes closed, maybe a little bit of music, like make it an experience for yourself. Mm -hmm. And this can be so intimidating, especially if you haven't really like seen your, your vulva either. So that's another thing is to like incorporate a little mirror or have something where you can actually see what's going on. So you can see the location of the pleasure. Yeah, and not just the location of the pleasure, but truly the most beautiful
1: portal for life. Your Mm -hmm. yoni, which is your whole, yoni is, I think it's a Sanskrit word, but it's your whole entire portal. So it's your fallopian tubes, your ovaries, your uterus, your Mm -hmm. clit, your all of it. So I'm just going to say yoni for right now. Mm Mm-hmm that part of your body is so sacred and it has been so sacred forever because, hello, we push humans out of there. Like mm-hmm. that is a wild thing. So mm-hmm. really look at your portal, at your power portal, at your life. Mm-hmm. Look at it. See how incredible it is. Flex it. Relax it. Flex it. Relax it. Watch as your it's it's a pretty incredible thing. I actually wrote, I, I want to link two of my blog posts. One is the mirror masturbation one yeah. and one is the sex toy guide. Yeah. And we can talk about that next because once you've explored with your hand and just like felt your wetness, feel how it pulses, feel the softness of your lips or the hair or whatever is feeling good for you, your inner thighs, like squeeze your inner thighs, squeeze your nipples, your boobs, like. Have a session where you really honor and feel your body, no mm-hmm. matter what shape or size yes, um so there's that, and then also we have we are in a sex toy crazy world right now, yes, right we where are. like we have so many different options for stimulation, and um, I really highly recommend for somebody who's getting. Getting it on with themselves for the first couple times Or somebody who's buying a vibrator at first You think that you need like a giant crystal ball dildo No You don't What you basically need for most people Is some type of tiny clit stimulation My first vibrator was just a little bullet vibrator Yep me too Now they have the suction ones that people are obsessed with Um, They have the little bullet vibrators. You can also get a wand that has just kind of like a massager head on the top of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually really like a bullet for the first time because your hand is so close to your vagina and you can feel the heat. You can feel the wetness. You can feel when you come. It feels good. And um, when you have a wand, it's kind of out further and you're not as close to the whole experience. It's not as raw. Yeah. So I would go for a bullet.
0: There's one, you can like put it on your finger. Yeah. And it it becomes, it's just like a little vibrator that slides onto your finger. That was the first one that I ever had. I literally think they sell them in like CVS. (laughs) Yeah. And just something small like that. But yeah, it's like your hand is right there. It, trust me, if you're using a vibrator the first time, <laughs> you do not need much. It is so.
1: <laughs> it's exhilarating.
0: It is so. Exi- I remember the first vibrator I got. I, I had vibrators, I think like in at the end of high school, whatever. Didn't have vibrators for a long time. And then I got one when I moved in by myself when I was like 22 or 23. I spent. Literally the entire night masturbating, I could not believe how good a vibrator felt. It's I mean crazy. it is so interesting. If you because going from your hand to a vibrator, it's like honestly, poor dudes, because they have even <laughs> yeah.
1: Even going from a dick to a vibrator. Like the yeah. thing is, is like so like I, I was just thinking about this to myself. Uh, but it's like when you're having sex, or when I'm having sex, I'll talk about just myself, no matter how good it feels, no matter how close I am to orgasm, there is some level of concentration that I have to yes. have. Yep. When I have my vibrator on my clip, I could literally be thinking about the birds and the bees, and I don't have a choice. Like, Dude, I am gonna come. Do. I'm like,
0: oh, yeah. it's like so intense. There's no <laughs> not getting to orgasm. With the yeah, birds. like
1: you are. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, it it's really just takes over your whole body. So it is a good way to explore and figure out what you like. The options are endless with toys, so don't feel overwhelmed. Just go into a sex shop and really ask the people, like, the basic starter. A bullet is such a good example of that. I I love that. Yeah, I love it. I want to wrap this into the questions of the week. Oh, my gosh. We're already at one hour. I know. Okay. I
1: love this topic. Me
0: too. Okay, I want to wrap this into questions of the week because one of our first ones was – um. They heard that Lauren knows how to squirt. So what are the tips and tricks? I have never done it. So wait, can I start with one thing? Yeah. So I think I talked about this on a, a previous episode too, but I've gotten a question about it in the meantime. Squirting can be orgasm. So squirting and orgasm can go hand in hand. And also for a lot of women squirting and the feeling of orgasm are two different things. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a misconception based on a lot of the time, the porn industry where it's like, people think there are levels to orgasm and that squirting is the ultimate orgasm level. Like it's the finale. It's the biggest orgasm you can have, but that isn't true. Right. For a lot of women, the sensation of squirting is different from the actual sensation of reaching orgasm, so I just want to say that yes, at first, yes, okay. What are some trip tips and tricks, Lauren? <laughs>
1: What I've noticed about my own body is that once I squirted for the first time, it became a lot easier to access it. Like once I noticed how to do it, it was like the same thing that I had already been doing would make me squirt. Um, The way that I would describe it is you want to get, there are like little um, squirt You can use a dildo. You can use anything that basically goes inside of you. You want to do a little bit of like clitoral stimulation just to like get your vagina ready to go. And then you put a dildo inside of you or like one of those – they have little um, sex toys that are like kind of thin and then they have a bulb on the end. It's like a bulb and it basically is for your G-spot. It's like a G-spot stimulator. I think that's what they're called and you can just put it inside you and start sort of feeling around to what feels good and then when you find your G spot or when you notice that it's starting to feel really good you kind of just go in and out pretty fast and just try to relax it's it's hard to yeah. do it. For the first time by yourself, at least it was for me. I That's why I wrote the blog about it is because it was actually really funny. The first time I actually just peed on the floor because <laughs> I was like, okay, it's feeling so good, but I had been at it for like 30 minutes. I just had to pee like, <laughs> oh my God, so I literally just peed on the floor. Which oh. I just talked about peeing on the floor last episode during ayahuasca, so maybe the oh, yeah. pee on the floor thing. But um, okay. So I peed on the floor. Mm-hmm. Then the second time I was totally unsuccessful. I was just like sweating and basically crying at the end because yeah. it was so hard. And then finally, the third time I did it and like really went for it, I squirted. And then after that, I basically started squirting with like maybe it was just with people that were like squirting that gurus, knew how. but yeah, yeah, that knew how. And now, um. I can access it from, like, doggy style, basically.
0: Okay, I do want to say in this scenario, I think there is, I haven't done it because I don't really want to because then I feel like I'm going to do it all the time for some reason. There is a specific move, and if you want a little bit of an example of how to do it, I would look up, like, lesbian porn. Yeah, or just squirting porn because that is the move. Yeah, everyone, you'll see, if you watch a few videos, you see that every person I've at least seen do it is doing the same technique. So you can actually learn, in this case, from a porn video. If you watch up, yeah, How to Squirt. And mm-hmm. um, I personally only like to watch lesbian porn, except I haven't even been watching it lately, like the past few months. But um it's better because it it actually looks pleasurable (laughs) and a lot of the time it is squirting ones Mm. so you can see people do that do the move and you can kind of learn from that and I think that is a squirt tips tips and tricks questions (laughs) well I think too
1: I want to just say that um I was with a couple of guys where they felt like because I had squirted, and it can be a lot of liquid. Like yeah. I would just let you want you to know that yeah. like the kind of liquid that you see in a porn, it can be a it can be that mm-hmm. like a huge shitload of <laughs> liquid. Yeah, that they'd think like okay, that's um, the orgasm, like an orgasm. Yeah, but you just have to let people about. know. Yeah. yeah, you just have to let people know. I haven't come yet like it looks like I did I know you think that's the grand finale but like there's more (laughs) yeah like I have to reach
0: orgasm too yeah Mm -hmm. so exploring yourself will be good because you'll figure out whether you're a person who it goes hand in hand whether it's like an Mm -hmm. orgasm and squirt or if it's two different feelings
1: yeah and for me I crave them differently now like I I'll crave like a clitoral orgasm but then sometimes if there's like an enormous amount of pressure I'll feel like that liquid now like has to come out. It's so weird how that –
0: Wow. It's
1: wild. Yeah.
0: That is so so interesting. I
1: really think that your logic for not wanting to do it, I've said this so many times before, but it's just so silly. I know. It's so fun to explore all that your puss can do. (laughs) Okay, fine.
0: Maybe I'll explore (laughs) it. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we have one final question, and this is a little bit (laughs) – this is not related to masturbation. Okay. Okay. I'm really struggling with my heart and my intuition surrounding a particular circumstance, and I'd love and appreciate advice. Okay. You see, I have the best friend who this year I realized I love not platonically, but romantically and hard. (laughs) Things have been said between us and moments shared, so I know he feels the same to some degree, but we are both on our own journeys right now, and I know the timing isn't right. We never seem to get the timing right and one of us will be in a relationship and the other is single. For the first time, we've both been single for a long period of time and we've both been doing so much work on ourselves and finding out what we want. I know so deep in my heart that what we have and what we could grow to be is like nothing I've experienced before, which is why I'm happy to remain patient and allow what we have to grow. But then a part of me doubts it. My brain tells me I'm being stupid, but my heart screams, yes, I really don't know what to do. This is such a great question. I mean,
1: this sounds like Shane and me.
0: Yes. This just happened to you and Shane.
1: I wish that I could show you my, tat- my new tattoo that says trust the timing of your life because just from the way you phrase your question – okay, I'm going to say a couple things. It's probably going to be nonlinear. From the way that you phrased your question, I believe your heart. Yes. To this listener – to this Wolfpack member. Yeah. I believe your heart. And I think you do too, or you wouldn't be asking the question. Number two is maybe the timing has never been right. Like you said, um, and I'm doing air quotes with that because it wasn't right in the moment, but you're building your connection. You're building your trust through dating with other people, through going through those experiences. Mm-hmm. I would say stay the course Mm. and you'll know you won't be able to not be together when the time is right. Don't let your head get in the way for too long. Try to clear that vision of like, maybe I'm stupid, maybe I'm crazy, and just let your heart speak. Let your mouth speak from your heart with him, with others, do your thing, and When the timing is right, if this person is your person, you won't be able to not be together.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I actually do not believe in the phrase, right person, wrong time. So I believe, I believe whatever, I do not think that the timing has always been off. I think you Mm -hmm. guys have, you were meant to be friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's not that he's the right person, it's the wrong time. It's just, it's not the good, it's not a right time. You meant, you were meant to be friends. So keep leading with your heart. I also think, man, this one's hard for me because if you feel in your heart that they feel the same as well, like Lauren says, there will come a time when you no longer have a choice but to tell the person how you feel. And the reason about that is you can convince yourself that it's your person pretty much forever and just keep living your life of like, well, they're just dating someone else now. Well, I'm just dating someone else. And you're like keeping this expectation that it's supposed to be your person instead of just living your life. So this wraps back to our episode. If this goes on for a long time and the person is never making a move and you're like, I'm romantically in love with you it will come to a point where you have to express your love because and and, yeah. And go ahead, Sissy. No, I was just going to say, I think this happened to a friend of yours, Lauren, where they were in love with their friend and it just came to a point of like, yeah, I, I don't care if it's the wrong time. I have to say something because I'm so in love with this person and whatever they say is just what I need to accept. I mean, that happened to me.
1: I told Shane that I had like a vision of us being in love and I was pretty sure that I was in love with him like four months before he was okay, like four months before he even thought of me as like a romantic, Yeah. like before he thought of me as a romantic option, Yeah. I had to tell him. I was like dying inside and I'm like, are you feeling the same way? And he like basically couldn't come up with words to say to me. So I just created in my head, I'm like, yep, he feels the same way. Like, it's <laughs> just going to happen. And it did end up happening that way. But like, he was my platonic best friend first. And I just had to decide for myself how much longer I could hold in that I was yeah. in love with him.
0: It sounds like these people have been friends for years. Because she said, yeah. oh, there have th- been relationships th- back and forth.
1: That's what I want to say, too, is that you're both single. You're both doing the work. That's fantastic and also I want to just let you know that if you have some kind of narrative which you actually didn't say this but if you have some kind of a narrative in your head about like what if I say something and it ruins the friendship. I just want to remind you that the only thing that can ruin your friendship is for you to not be living in truth. Mm -hmm. And that is why I shared with you what I said to Shane because I had to stick my neck out. And he says now that because I did that, it put in his head the option of being in love with me too. Yes. Before that he was like no we, we just have to be friends and then when I finally said like hey I'm I'm pretty sure I'm in love with you like I'm my heart is exploding I want to touch you like yeah. I can't stand this that it put in his head the idea like he was so grateful for my courage yeah so even if it's not the right time for your friend or he doesn't perceive it in the same way that you do. You have to honor your truth, or else you're going to be in this friendship. And again, I'm doing air quotes, and the whole time wishing it was something different. Yeah. And so,
0: wait, one more thing. And I love when you always say this, Lauren nothing you can say or do will deter the person that you are supposed to be with. So, even if it's not the right time for him, but you feel like, oh my God, my heart's burning. I have to tell him. If you say that and he's like, oh, no, no, this isn't the right time. If you're supposed to be together, nothing you can say, whether it's now or later, will make them not be your person. Right. So whenever you choose, which your heart will know when it's exploding and you're ready and you have to say something, which Mm -hmm. probably – if you're both single for a long time now and it's been the first time which sounds like probably years you've both been single, like I mean, damn, for me, my heart just screams. So it's like why wait you know like unless they've like just recently gone through a breakup but still it's like fuck man new have you seen new girl like cece and schmidt i mean and (laughs) Jess and nick it's like you just fucking tell the person i'm in love with my best friend like i love you yes yeah i I don't know it's like don't keep waiting to see like well maybe he's doing the work and he needs to do one more relationship or like i do it's just like Shit for me I can't wait I'm not a waiting person it's like I'm Gonna wear my heart on my sleeve. Sounds like you've been yeah. waiting a long long time
1: <laughs> Yeah I guess it's just like Which movie do you Want to be the star of yes. do you want to be the Star of the movie where you like sh- Just allow Yourself to be a little bit messy and be like I I'm in love with you and I hope You're in love with me too like yeah. Do you want to be that or do you want to Be the one where it's like yeah They were 87 and
0: If you've seen my best friend's wedding, it's like the saddest movie ever. And she's chasing him and he's just not chasing her. And it's like, wait, they waited way too long. Fuck. I know. So you get to choose your story here. You get to follow your heart. And it's going to come to a point where you have to say something because you, like Lauren said, you have to live in your truth. So you get to decide. Yep. You get to decide. Yep. Okay. We've covered so, so much today. I mm-hmm. think we're wrapping it at this. This is a long episode. Our next episode, we're going to be recording together, which is extremely fun. Yes. Follow us on Instagram at the dead mothers to see when our next episodes launch and our subjects at Lauren. Nope. That's not your Instagram handle. What? At, <laughs> at she Florin and at Camille Missbach for our other personal endeavors. We love you so much. Our wolf. We pack. love you so much. We hope you related to this stuff today. Remember, expectations equal suffering. Stay yep. in the present. Masturbate. Get, oh. get get good with your body. And we love you guys so much. We'll see you next week for episode number 18. Mm-hmm. Ow, ow,
1: ow. <laughs>